Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week, we are joined by a very special guest, our good friend, Jacob Maher. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he's, ex- he's, he's ex- very excited to be here, as we can tell. <laughs> this what? week? How am I? Am, I was literally... Okay, here's some fucking behind the scenes for y'all. Hope, Ooh, yes. I hope I can swear as much as I always oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. No, this uh, is like the fucking Wild West. We were supposed to record this last night, and I was so upset when it got canceled. I just kept looking at my fiancé and being like, I was really excited. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, I for a brief for a brief and shining moment, I had a, I had a promising career at an Amazon facility. Uh, I won't say any more than that uh, due to the the snipers currently on the on the roof across the street. But uh, let's just say that uh, that did not go so well. I, I was tired. Jeff Bezos had me by the balls yesterday. I was like, I can't I can't podcast after that beating I just took. He had you by the big rocket balls. He did. He had me by the big rocket balls and he threw me into space. This week. <laughs> Speaking of space. This, um. this week we will be talking about the sci-fi epic Dune. Both the 1984 version yeah. uh, by David Lynch and the just released uh, and Denis the good Villeneuve. The, and then the good one. The, the, the Denis Villeneuve version. All star cast. It's our it's our Dune discussion episode. Uh, exactly. Before we get into that stuff, uh, how are you guys doing? I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm chugging along and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know if I watched anything else this week. Ma- Maher, how, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I had kind of a rough day at work, but I've been looking forward to this all day, I as totally if I'm not that. excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have questioned the the, the excitement level. We, this is a pretty prestigious honor. Like our our guest uh, host is a pretty exclusive club. I I only got invited on uh, because I've read the book. So you are you are the only <laughs> you are the only person I know that is insane enough to have tackled that entire thing. I'll probably get to Dude, it eventually. It's fucking long i did yeah. look because i looked because i know you were you're doing the audiobook version eventually right yes yeah Most likely. i have i have listened to two audiobooks that are longer than dune <laughs> oh my god which ones oh god the first one is i i, I guess one and a half technically because the yeah. first one is to sleep in a sea of stars which is the new christopher palini book and sucks and then <laughs> damn the one i'm the one I'm on right now is, um, I can never remember the name of it because the cover's fucking stupid. Um, uh, it is called The Eye of the World, but it is in ooh. the Wheel of Time book series, which is about to get adapted by Amazon for a TV show. Yeah, that's, yeah, is that, um, is that Terry Pratchett or am I thinking of something else? No. That's Discworld. I, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm, I, yes. I'm, getting my, I'm getting my sci-fi franchises mixed up. Well, it sounds like no. Frank Herbert needs to step his game up if, if other books are, are being released that are longer than Dune. He might need to come out it with should, something soon. 
if Dune is basically just the Quran, it should be longer than the Quran, frankly. Honestly, is Dune longer than the Quran? Can we confirm that? Oh, uh, good probably, lord, let's see. Probably not. Look, look it up, up get right this now. down to the boys in the lab. Okay, I'm gonna look up I, how many pages Dune has. You look up how many pages the Quran has. Jacob, just, just hold tight for a moment. Oh, I'm just looking up the Quran on Audible to see how much longer it is time-wise. Oh my god, I take it back. Dune is literally six times longer than the Quran. Yeah! The Quran is only 600 pages. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um. Yeah, you do not watch anything else this week, Jordan? I watched No Time to Die again. I forgot nice. about that. But, uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's the only time. film I watched was in... Uh, my Disney animation class, which I am in right oh, now. Nice. And it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh, hell yeah. Ugh. Okay. It's all right. You don't like it's, Snow White? It's, it's, it's dated, bro. I mean, I, think, I mean, obviously. obviously. It's a hundred years a, old. But... I think it's a vibe, man. I think it's a it's good fine. vibe. Uh, it's That's like a three. Fair. It's like, it's like a three out of five. I think, it's like I, nothing I think special. aesthetically compared to other Disney films, it, it like stands apart. Like it's got this cool kind of like. The rotoscope. Yeah. Thing. It's got like all the designs have this cool kind of like. I don't know, kind of gothic folklore look to it. I, I mean, I think it's not the best aesthetic Disney's ever had, but I don't here's, know. I, I, don't hate, I don't hate that movie. Here's the thing. I know that it's just the style of the time, but if Snow White didn't sound so fucking nasally, I think I could tolerate <laughs> it way more. If yeah. her voice just wasn't so goddamn horrible. Um, I, like so Pino- I like Pinocchio better in terms of classic. I right? guess if we're talking about classic <sighs> Disney movies, my favorite is Probably Fantasia. Fantasia's good as fuck. Fantasia's good. good. Sleeping Beauty is the best Disney princess movie from that era. What? I fucking hate Sleeping Beauty. That's insane. No, 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 no. That dragon fight at the end beats ass, dude. I would watch Sleeping Beauty a hundred times over before I ever watch Cinderella again. I don't think I've ever seen Cinderella. It's boring. It's boring as fuck, dude. That's fair. It's one I'm of two. Think... It's one of two Disney remakes that I actually think improves upon the original. The other one the is other probably one Jungle Book. Yeah, I would say so. What? It wasn't Lion King. <laughs> that movie's ass. That yeah, might be the biggest, uh, like, like gap in that's quality. Gotta between that's got. That's got to be the Lion King and uh, um, the remake. But yeah, it, it sucked. It, it it looks realistic, so it's better. Lion King in Unreal Engine Four. Uh, Jacob, did you watch any other movie th- movies this week besides the, uh, you, the the two Dunes? You know, I'm. It's a little over a week, but like two weeks ago, I saw Lamb and and I guess it's pronounced Teton, but Titan sounds. Cooler. How were those? We we haven't gotten a chance to go out and see those yet. Um, I really liked Lamb. It's like okay. we're talking like Snow White's a vibe. Lamb is a fucking vibe, dude. Yeah, I think love, love that. A24 it's a case. Shit. It's a case of like. If you've seen The Witch, The Witch is a good barometer for whether or not you're going to like Lamb. Lamb is I not as good as The Witch. Is so I love The Witch. Great movie. I think I think if you like The Witch, you're probably going to like uh, Lamb. Emily, my fiance, hates The Witch and nice. hated Lamb. Oof. I, uh, I don't know if I can abide by that take, the witch, Emily. The Witch is in my top was, ten horror films. It's so good. Period. Oh, I love The Witch. But yeah. awesome. I will also say we had the worst theater experiencing Lamb of my entire life. There Jesus. was a group – there was a group of people – first of all, it was a packed theater. 
which was so surprising to me. Yeah, it was a small theater, but it was packed. People really coming um, out in droves for Lamb. We saw it on opening night. I was not expecting this. I think it's just because it was marketed as a horror movie. Ah, um, and, it's, and it's not that? No, it's it's almost more of a comedy than it is a horror movie, honestly. What the fuck? Um, but anyway, but so the pe- there was a row of people sitting in front of us who talked through the whole movie, were on Instagram most of the time, sent full like paragraphs of text messages during the theater during the movie. They had they had brought beer, like a cooler of beer, into oh the theater and God. were just fucking crunching away on this ice the whole time. And at one point, I was like. Oh, that's a weird smoky effect. It wasn't a fucking smoky effect. One of them just started vaping in the theater. I, I've i had that happen before. On the one hand, I have to commend the sheer balls on, on these people. But on the other hand, why would somebody pay money to go out and ruin someone else's theater experience? Like, if well, you're just going to sit there was... and drink beer and smoke and talk, just do it at home. I'm like, saying. I'm saying. We were... We, well, and the thing was, the theater was literally showing Nightmare on Elm Street 2 later that night. I was like, if there's a movie to do that during, it's Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah, L- Lamb seems like a very, like, quiet and, like, contemplative movie. Like, nobody wants it to hear you crunch away is. on ice during the whole the whole thing. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. You know, I, pers- it was all- I personally it- vow to hunt these people down and, and remove the skin from their bones. I don't my- think I'd even recognize them if I saw them. Oh, I'll know them. I'll know, I'll know them from... Uh, <laughs> he can sniff them so out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then, and then Teton um, is... Uh, they honestly pair really well together because without spoiling anything, Teton, like, ends where Lamb begins. So it's That's a weird. weird, like, kind of parallel thing. <laughs> they kind but, of run um, into each other. I liked both of them. I liked both of them. Um, I had a lot of thoughts on both of them, but that's not what this podcast is about. So no, no, no. When I'm sure we'll get her. I, I, we got to set aside like a catch up, a catch up for, for yeah. this year because we, cause we missed say, Tammy Faye too, which I mean nobody really talked about. But I don't know. I thought, but I thought we missed a lot right. of these like limited releases. Yeah. I've never um, heard of Tammy Faye even. It, the, the eyes of Tammy Faye. It's uh, Jessica Chastain, Chastain and Andrew Garfield. And they, it's oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard one. about it. Um, I've also, I, I just will throw these in real quick. I finished uh, Star Wars Visions yesterday. How was um, that? You know, I love the idea of it. I hope they keep doing it. Out of the nine episodes, four of them are good. That's fair. Um, I never got around to finishing I have, it. I haven't watched it yet. I think it's better. I haven't seen all of What If, but I had more fun with it than the episodes of What If I saw because uh, they just. I'm yeah, not big what on if What If. Still, what If just still feels like a Marvel thing, where this very much feels like they gave a bunch of Japanese animators Star Wars and said, "Do what the fuck you want," and I'm, it's pretty interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, no, I I, I really liked the first one. The, the I think that's I think the first. Oh yeah. Two or three were the ones I saw, but yeah, like like what I did saw seemed cool. So, uh, the duel is the first one, and her screaming "Your lightsaber blade is red" is maybe the cringiest thing in all of Star Wars. I don't know about that. Like Jar Jar Binks is right there. I mean, yeah, but you know, as somebody that grew up with Jar Jar Binks, as somebody this says a lot about me. As someone who doesn't <laughs> remember not knowing about Jar Jar Binks. 
Jar Jar Binks has been uh, with you the, the entire time of your yeah, life. Yeah, I know. His him saying Mike or Dello Felicates in the in the Attack of the Clones is definitely worse. <laughs> One set of footsteps. He does you. that. That's comedy. You guys don't get it. It's too highbrow for you. That's camp, guys. Jar Jar Binks is camp. This is camp. Honestly, I would abs- I would do Jar Jar Drag in a fucking heartbeat. Do that trash like jizz song at the at the oh, beginning the f- of uh, Return of the Jedi. Fucking Jedi Rocks. Is I, that what I'm, it's uh, called? Yeah, it's called yep. Jedi Rocks. Like, <laughs> like that song. Yes, <laughs> it's a great song. It's a banger. Oh my what god. What are you talking about? Then- so- Sorry. No, I was just going to say the only other thing that I watched this week, because I watched it yesterday, was Incendies, because I realized it's the only one of, like, the main Denis Villeneuve I still haven't seen that one. That I hadn't seen. Incendies Nuts? Stop it. Uh... (laughs) Actually, an incredibly intense character drama about incest would go off, I guess. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, I, I have a few Denise in my in my blind spot. I haven't seen Prisoners yet. Enemy. You I haven't seen, seen Enemy. Oh, Prisoners fucking great. That Pri- yeah. I, Prisoners Prisoner, bangs. I, if Blade Runner didn't exist, Prisoners would be my favorite. Blade Runner is so good. My my good. favorite is without a doubt in my mind. It's it's Arrival. Arrival is one of my favorite. Really? That's ever. I think that's my least favorite. Arrival Arrival is my second favorite film of you all time. You do like that movie a lot more than most people, though. That's I feel insane. It's my second favorite of all time. I I really I do have a connection to that movie that a lot. Of, yeah. yeah. It. I've seen it like seven. Your personal times. biases have clouded your judgment. No. <laughs> <laughs> my second favorite is Blade Runner, though. Nice. It's a great great movie. Um, but. We have some films to talk about. Yeah, tonight. let's get into the to the topic. Uh, do we want to just get fucking David Lynch's Dune yeah. out of the way? So, so the novel Dune came out in the sixties, correct? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Jacob, okay. you have read the the novel Dune by Frank Herbert. I I, I really did. <laughs> do you, you want to give us? So, well, tell us what compelled you to start reading the book. Maybe give us like a brief like Spark Notes version of the plot that we can so we we kind of the viewers kind of have context going forward and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I actually was able to manage to condense the plot of Dune into like a simple, easy to digest thing the other day. So I'll repeat okay. that, which is that Dune is about the ruler of a kingdom whose kingdom is overthrown. And he goes and lives with the indigenous population on the planet he's on and then comes back with them and overthrows the evil government to retake the planet. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. Um, people, I, I just want to say, I feel like people always make the comparison between this and Lord of the Rings. But to me, this story I... reads a lot more like Game of Thrones because it's all about like the political intrigue. Oh and, yeah, like like the noble houses clashing and everything. Like it, it seems way more way more. I, and there's even like a plot about like a messiah rising in a in a desert land and everything. Obviously, I in Dune, those those heard, plots are more intertwined and everything. I had never heard the Lord of the Rings comparison until Be- I watched the Cosmonaut Variety Hour quickie, and I was like, "Who the fuck is comparing these two? Well, I, I'm nothing I think it, alike." They're, they essentially serve the same place in history, like Lord of the Rings for fantasy and Dune for sci-fi. Like they're like ground, they're ground zero for that genre of fiction, essentially, at least in the way we know it today. 
Um, and, and like I think they they're both like it's kind of too. I think plot wise they couldn't be more different. But I think in terms of like the culture and the history, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? That's fair. They're both vaguely oh. racist. Yeah, that's also very fair. So the um. Uh, just some history on Dune and yeah. movies in general. Uh, uh, famously in the 70s, Alejandro Hodorowsky tried to make Dune. Who? Uh, he's he's a very he's a famous director. He made The Holy Mountain. A what? couple other. Oh, Stop yeah. it right now. No. I don't know what The Holy Mountain is. Okay. It's take on away, my take, list. It's a take away my phone snob movie. car. What'd you say? You. Oh, I just. What said what'd that. You, no, no, what'd you say? I just said that it's on my list, uh, that it's a weird, yeah. absurdist movie. Well, he, yeah, he was a very, like, weird, absurdist director, and he got the rights to Dune. And he basically had this, the craziest vision for the story you've ever seen. And they made a documentary about it called Hodorowsky's Dune. Shit. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the craziest unmade movie you've ever seen. Yeah. And I would have preferred that version, but instead, in the early 80s, David Lynch got the rights to it. And he made his version, and it was almost three hours long, and then the studio decided to cut 45 minutes. And it and, shows. And and then it like made him do things like add voiceover narration Can to the beginning. Can you look up what the, what the budget for this movie was real quick? The budget for Dune, I believe, was $40 million. It really? It was $40 million. Jeez. So, like with, in, with inflation, into this probably, thing that's clearly going to bomb. Um, uh, the whole time I was watching it, obviously this will kind of allude to our thoughts about it. The whole time I was watching it, all I could see was the studio putting money into a blender. Like, I'm just like, oh man, like, oh, this all looks so expensive. Like, oh man. So, so the, the plot synopsis that Maher gave, um, pretty apt. is, is, is what the movie is we, it doesn't we, really change the basic plot we can give like a like a more detailed rundown it's, so there is a there's, there's two houses really that you need to consider house of Trades and house harkonnen the Trades are like noble and 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 good for the most part and the harkonnens are, are the evil dictators and fascists and and there's kind of a war of sorts going on and it's all over a a planet called arrakis and it's because Arrakis is a desert planet, and its main um, source it's of... It's Tatooine. Yes. It's like if Tatooine were useful. And um, it has a material, it's called Spice. Yes. And it's... Um, Call it Malone. It's basically this hallucinogenic substance. But it's also key to their use of space travel. Yes. So it's like the most valuable resource in the entire universe. So there's so, this war over... But you world. can only get it on Arrakis. Like, it only comes from this one planet. So here's the fucking thing about Spice in the book, is that they never explain that aspect of it. You know that people want it, but you have no fucking clue why. Really? They do not address in the first <laughs> book that it's for space travel. That's hilarious. That's, that is hilarious. Well, then why does anyone care? Oh. <laughs> but um, but in your plot synopsis for the book, you had mentioned the indigenous people. They're called the, the, the Fremen. Fremen. And, uh, Zendaya. and they live, and because of the constant uh, source of, like, this hallucinogenic spice, their eyes are, are glowing They've glue. kind of become, like, attuned to it and shit. Yeah, so they kind of see with, like, a different sense than everyone else. Yes, and so Har- the Harkonnens uh, are, are they, they are kind of, Big like, in charge. Boys. Big fat boys um, are kind of in charge 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, uh, if I if I recollect an event that happened in the 2021 Dune that didn't happen in the 1984 one, you're gonna have to stop me, because that, that one kind of replaced that one in my memory. But, uh, from what I, so it's the Harkonnens, and they have control of Arrakis. Yes. And then the Emperor is like, he's, well, in the, in the old one, he's visited by the Navigators. Yes. And they tell him some shit, they basically tell him, like, the events of the series. Yes. They're like, hey, here's how this shit's gonna go down. And so that leads to the Emperor essentially choosing to give up uh, Arrakis from the Harkonnens. They have to give it over to House Atreides, who are now in charge of Arrakis. But it's all like a big setup. It's all yeah. kind of doomed to fail. The Harkonnens uh, end up attacking them. And so Paul, uh, our main character... Ends up among the Fremen. Among us? Among he us? Is like the, he's like the heir to House Atreides so and everything. He's like their prince... Uh, him and his mother, Lady Jessica, have to go on the run, and yes, they end up amongst the Fremen and kind of living with them. And it turns out that uh, uh, Paul is like a like a messiah figure. What do they call him? The Muad'Dib? Is, is that Mu it? Yeah. Muad the Muad'Dib. Okay, so Paul Muad'Dib is his Fremen name. Uh, or sorry, uh, God, he has three fucking names for some reason. So Paul is his normal name. Paul Muad'Dib is his name that the Fremen call him out in the open. And then Usani or something like that is, yeah. is their like, is their name for him when they're like behind closed doors, essentially. My, uh, my biggest problem with Paul as a character is that he's kind of like the dragonborn. Like he gets to be president of every club and gets to be, like, the chosen one in every single, like, culture's prophecy. Like, it's just this one guy, and I'm like, that's an awfully big coincidence that he is just all of these things. Like, okay. like he's the he's the Kwisatz Haderach, he's the, the fucking heir to House Atreides, he's the, he's the, the Fremen Messiah, and, and he's like, he's like three other things on top right. of that. So it's, right. it's like, I just, so. I just think it's very funny. So what you actually find out, and I have I have only read the first book, so yes. everything I'm saying outside of the first book is hearsay. But um, what I understand is that what you what's actually happened is that um, the uh, group of witches that Lady Jessica is a part of the the, the Bene Gesserits. Bene Gesserits, yeah. They um, so what they have done is that they have spread throughout the galaxy and created the same myth in different cultures. And so all these different oh. names for Paul, they're all the same thing. It's just okay. each culture's different version of Paul. Okay. That's very, that's an interesting revelation. Like that. Okay, that makes a lot, that adds up. That makes a lot of sense. I take back that criticism. So but, uh, going specifically... No, because that's the thing. That's my big issue with the first book, honestly, is that I finished reading it and I was like, this is a story I've read 40 fucking thousand different times and yeah. it's just like a big white savior story what is the big deal about it and i went and watched uh the dune episode of it's lit on youtube which is a great show if you haven't watched it um it's and lit. princess weeks hosts this one and basically what she's saying is that dune the first book is all just one big setup and like uh uh uh, uh it's establishing all these like classic tropes in this genre so that then the other books can come in and uh subvert those so like paul's this big white savior and everybody loves him but then in the next books he becomes literal space hitler like he compares himself to hitler and is like i'm actually hitler but better because i've killed 60 billion people instead of just six what like the fuck? It's, so it's yeah 
So I, I don't think the book, I liked the book. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. don't think it's special on its own. Like on its own, mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of a fucking headache to get through. Yeah, that's fair. So let's talk about David Lynch's version. Yeah, here. yeah, specifically. So I, would, I have so much to say. I'm honestly more excited for the David Lynch one because it's easier to make fun of. Okay, so here's the thing. I knew the basic plot of Dune going into this movie. And I and I was able to see that the details were so fucking muddied that like every connective piece of tissue was completely lost it's on It's like me. David Lynch went out of his way to tell the story in the most convoluted and inaccessible way possible. Yes. And like it, I guess I, I guess I get the appeal of that if you're into that sort of thing, but I, I don't know. Like, like as we as we've seen now, there's definitely a better way to to tell the story that's a little more digestible. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a couple different comparisons for it because I think it's interesting that it kind of one it's very similar to um, I think Alien Three in a way of like this future <laughs> auteur being given like the reins to this big franchise. And then having no fucking clue essentially what to do with it because he's in the early stages of it, his career. It'd be and like giving. Studios... I was gonna say it'd be like giving M Night Shyamalan the Phantom Menace. It'd be like, like giving M Night Shyamalan like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, and wait. So, <laughs> and so then, and so then, like it's interesting that they both made essentially. I haven't seen Alien Three, but you know culturally they're understood to be kind of shitty movies and then went on to have this incredible career and then let's see i I, had another comparison but i lost it it'll come back i think that also comes from he has just like completely disowned this movie and like detached himself from it so that's the uh, that's the other one sorry it's because you just run it because it's kind of similar blade runner like the original blade runner is kind of similar in that way and that like (laughs) Uh, the the voiceover like yeah I was gonna say is like, that the one with the, with the voiceover to explain what's going on yeah speaking of voiceover that ruins the experience David Lynch's Dune has that in fucking spades yeah I think that is single, so bad that is singularly the most annoying part of that the movie characters the have basically an inner voice and they'll be looking at someone what what are they doing I, I think the key the key yeah. difference between Denis Villeneuve and and David Lynch's Dune is that Denis Villeneuve's kind of trusts in he the intelligence. He has a respect for the audience. He trusts in their intelligence enough to not, like, spoon-feed all the information to them, but at the same time, like, present it in a way that you that you can still, like, follow along and understand. But that's what's funny even... about... S- sorry, Jacob? I, I just was going to say, I don't even know that that's true, because I genuinely think there's just as much exposition in the new Dune as there but is in the old one. But I just it's, think it's, it's explained better. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like it's it's a that's what I'm saying. It's more digestible when it uh, when it occurs like naturally in the dialogue and like genuine character interactions. Like everyone in the <laughs> David Lynch one just like stoically delivers exposition either to each other, to the audience, or in their heads. Like every character is an exposition dump in the David Lynch one, and at least in the Denis one, like they they go like, a little further by giving them, like, some likable traits. You are correct. The new one does have Paul just sitting in front of a school and just being told information about the world. Exactly, and that's... (laughs) Well, that's what's funny about David Lynch's Dune is there's so much explaining, and yet it's so confusing and muddled. And But here's the thing. 
all of this is true, I was still kind of charmed by some of some of the okay. film sure, sure. in a weird okay. 80s cheeseball cool sets, I you know, weird it, way. It achieves sort of like a so bad it's good nebulous at points. It's fascinating. It is. It it's is a fascinating. It's an interesting movie for film. Me. It just it just lost me at so many points because for like, sure. Like it, it, I don't know. It, it's like it's basically just like fuck it, buckle up, and it, and it just takes you along on this on this long um, and te- tedious journey. But it, again, it just it it tells the story in such a such a taxing and exhausting way. Yeah. Here's my confliction with David Lynch's Dune. I know it's bad. I'm so aware the whole time. It's too long, it's boring, it's confusing, none of the characters are likable, it's terribly miscast in a bunch of places, but... Patrick Stewart runs into battle with a machine gun in one hand and a pug in the other. So am I supposed yeah, to hate it? That is the most how, egregious... How can that I is the, like that? That is the most egregious omission from Dune 2021 is the Atreides <laughs> pug. Release the pug cut, Danu. Denis, Danu, Danu. I was thinking Dune, and then my I had a, I had a bit of a brain fart, and I, I went Danu. Um, I, I, it's it's such a strange movie because, like you said, yes, it does look expensive. Yeah, like it does. It, a lot of the times it, okay. when it's not on the set, they shoot on location in the desert, and there's this big sweeping landscape shots, and and like, then sometimes that sweeping landscape is incorporated into really bad green screen. Oh, the green screen's awful, and some of the visual effects are bad, but some of the visual effects are kind of are kind. Like some of the sets are cool. The, the set, are cool. I like the set. I just, weird. I just wish I cared about anything that was going on. You know, cast is um, big. The cast is big. The cast, for the most part, seems to be on like the same the same wavelength. Like they all kind of understand the same level of cheese that they're all operating at. I agree. And I think so I, the, there's not so... really there's not really like a weak link in the cast. You know, like they're all kind of hammy. Eh. I, I I I I just feel like the villains and the heroes are in different movies there is really? not a villain performance that doesn't need to be toned down and most of the hero performances need to be toned up a bit honestly i could see that i think uh fucking the guy who plays uh the duke is like sleepwalking through it mostly oh yeah also um if we're if we're base even if we were just basing these movies off beards uh oscar isaac takes the fucking cake oh, his beard absolutely. is so sexy um mm. fucking uh, uh dune 2021 is is populated with a with a plethora of, of of crazy beards uh jason momoa is before he shaved even brolin has like the little goatee uh freaking okay but uh, what but what 84 dune lacks in beards it makes up for in eyebrows yeah, uh, eyebrows for yeah, days. Brad Dourif has some uh, has some insane eyebrows in that movie, and the uh, oh, I forget the character's name. That one guy, uh, he's, he's the guy, the old guy, like who who's on House yeah. of Trades. Yeah, exactly. He's played by the one guy from Fences in in the new one. I forget the actor's name, but he's great. He's, I love seeing him and stuff. He's incredible. I'm so happy every time he's in stuff. He's good in <laughs> everything I've seen him in. Every time I know, every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a good ass movie. This is gonna be um, good shit. I actually I don't mind Kyle MacLachlan as as Paul. He's fine. I just I think if he was given better material, yes. he would. Exactly. I, 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 I not was, a ba- I it's not a bad casting actor. choice. No, it's no. not a bad casting. I choice. was surprised by how young he was because every like screenshot I'd seen of this movie, he looked fifty. I know it was so, just like weird. Yeah. So in the book, <laughs> you get ready to hear me say that a lot. In oh, yeah, the yeah, book, yeah. Paul is fifteen years old. What mm. the hell? 
I don't know how old he's supposed to be in either of these two new in either of the movies. I'm but in the book, he starts. He starts at fifteen, 20s. and at the end of the book, he's late sixteen, early seventeen. So it takes place over the course of like a like a year or two. Uh, yeah. There's I, a, I, there's a there's a time skip right around the place where the new Dune ends. So do you think like like the next one will? Pick, I guess obviously this is, we'll get into this a little bit more later. But you think the next one will pick up with like a time jump? I think the next one isn't going to happen. Really? Yeah, it is. It's going to happen. I think I think oh, it's made. It? I, it's making money. Dune's making. Well, it, it hasn't really? been announced yet, but Dune is making Buku bucks, and Dune fever has swept the nation, the, the really? world. Really, that's yeah. fascinating to me it, because this is so not a popcorn movie. I, I've seen so I've seen people talk about it on Twitter, like people like coming out of the theater like excited talking like, about the it. The thing like, is, I I think the, the uh, uh, analysts the analysts said they wanted it to make three hundred million, even though that would lose the movie money. But they know that during the pandemic. Like whatever they said, we just yeah. wanted to make three hundred million, and it's made two hundred so far. So it's oh, good, man. Shit. I yeah. did not expect that. The yeah, best dude. take I've heard of the best take I heard about it coming out of the theater was somebody said I liked everything except the sand. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, what the fuck was I gonna say? I, I totally I lost my train of thought. Anyway, nineteen eighty four, dude. Uh, back to that. <sighs> I feel like I was going to say something else. Oh yeah, so it's 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 interesting comparing these two movies because it's strange how similarly paced they are. Yeah, there's just a section at the end of the David Lynch I, one where they speed like, through the last half of the David, book in like 20 minutes. David Lynch's gets to a point like the the point where the 2021 one ends, where it should end, and then it's like, and here's the rest of the book. Yeah, and exactly. It, and it yeah. literally montages but until that the point, rest I was of the watching the new so one, and I was clear, like, oh. It's so clear that, like, they had this three-hour movie shot, and then, like, the editor was like, all right, we have another hour to go, and the studio came in and was like, yeah, so we're going to need you to wrap this up in uh, ten minutes, and he's like, and he's oh, like oh, fuck. They might as well just sped up the footage and added the Benny Hill theme. That would have been way more interesting. <laughs> but, um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's certainly a fascinating film, and I think uh, it, uh, there's there's the spirit behind it. Like I respect the attempt, and you know, and I think I think it's 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 a mixed bag. You know, it does some stuff right. I think it's mostly well cast. Yeah, and, and it, it looks actually, expensive. You know, I don't I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not, but I think Patrick Stewart is horribly miscast in that role. Really, I love. I love Patrick Stewart, but, I mean, it, it requires a Josh Brolin. Like, there is not a second in that movie He's where not I'm like, enough, oh, yeah, yeah, Patrick yeah. Patrick Stewart could beat the shit out of me if he wanted. Mm-hmm. I feel I like could, I could take I Patrick could... Stewart at any stage in his life in a fight. Exactly. Josh Brolin would kill me, though. Josh Brolin would kill me with his bare hands. Yeah, he would. He'd rip my fucking um, trachea out. I, I can see that. I, 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 I think I agree with that to an extent. Everything, everyone else, though, is pretty... I just love that he's an old Scotsman, though, for, like, no reason. <laughs> I didn't even notice until looking at the cast after that the girl that he falls in love with, the Zendaya character, is the is the girl from Blade Runner. Oh shit! That's I didn't Sean Young that either. Huh? And I just didn't realize that was Sean Young. I mean, she's barely in the movie. Yeah. Which okay, here's another. This is a weird casting thing. Is that in? And this goes for both movies actually. In the in the book, both Paul and Chani are described as dark skinned. In the old mm. one, they're both white people. 
In the new one, it's uh, the whitest white dude you've ever seen and the lightest skinned brown person you've ever seen. Yeah, that seems a little. That seems a little sus. You wanna you wanna comment on that, Denis or David? We know you're listening. You wanna you wanna write in about that, maybe? <laughs> I think I think Ollie would say uh, is Timmy popular? Timmy is popular we for put sure. Him in and the movie. he kind of I don't know. He, he kind of has that like Kyle MacLachlan vibe. I think. Yeah. Like he could. Snap I like both of them like, in that role, honestly. Yeah, like they, they both they both fit the character. And pretty I think well. I I I like I like Zendaya's casting. We're gonna get to see a lot of more of her in the. It sequel. It kind of helps that that Paul Atreides is just kind of a twerp. So yeah, I think yeah. I think Timothy Timothy Chalamet fits that really well. Um, I want to give him a wedgie. I don't know why. <laughs> the worm was kind of cool in the old one. The worm is sick as fuck in the original. I really that's the best effect really? in the whole movie. Yeah. I, I so. really, I way prefer the new worm. Yes. Uh, yes. But, yeah, obviously. But I I'm mean, saying not just visually ter- effects wise, but like design wise. Really, I like the I like the tremors mouth, the uh, the, the mandibles and everything. I, I'm not I, I don't, I'm not crazy about it. I don't know. I don't know if I love bristle worm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I love the bristles. Um, <sighs> but you know what? That's that's what that that's what makes the world go around. Just two dudes having different opinions on worms. You know. What are we two people with character differences? Oh, waiter, I'll have one root beer, please. Watch Oh Hello and on I'll Netflix have... if you haven't yet. <laughs> Two root beers. Oh. I, I need to rewatch that. That was so goddamn funny. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh Hello, that's what I was referencing. Oh, I'm just, I was just yes-anding you. You fucking idiot. What are we, does this yeah. look like a fucking improv show to you? This is a podcast, that's what, okay? We, podcasting we, we made, is just Hey, improv. hey, hey, you, you, hey, shut up, okay? We, we maintain a level of professionalism on this podcast, no, Jacob. No, and if we don't. And you gotta maintain that level You're of professionalism if we're gonna have you on. What professionalism is this? <laughs> Absolutely none whatsoever. That was the bit. Um, so, anyway. Well, do we have it? That's crazy. Do you have any? Do you have anything more to say about Lynch's film, Maher? Oh, I have three pages of notes if you don't mind. Oh, go for it! Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're gonna do so, a lightning round. Oh, I think the most confusing thing about the voiceover is just that the emperor's daughter keeps popping in, but at the beginning she's on screen, and then every time after that, it's just voiceover. So you don't I know who's that. talking. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. That was very And, like, strange. the character is barely in the movie, so you, you don't, you can't make the connection that, like, you don't make the connection that that's who that is until far too late. Okay. I hope that you don't mind spoilers for the next books, because I, this is I very don't, funny. I don't care. No, spoilers for the next Dune books. I guess. You're uh, so, only 50 years uh, late. So, Paul, um, Paul marries the Emperor's daughter, right? That he's happens. In lo- he's in love with Chani. Yeah, but it's a political marriage. It's kind of a mistake. It's kind of a repeating the mistakes of your father situation, where like he didn't marry Lady Jessica, and now he's not marrying Johnny. Yada yada. Um, But so he marries uh, her, and I'm trying to remember. I think he has the kids with her, but it might be with Johnny. It doesn't really matter. He has twins who both also have Bene Gesserit powers, but the son, the son is like you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy government by becoming the worst government that's ever existed. And so he does, and then he gets turned into a sandworm with just the face of the of the sun on top and little T-Rex arms on the side. And it's fucking hilarious. Look what up pictures hell? of it. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. I... Uh, 
If Why? that was in the Lynch movie, I would uh, I would give it a five out of five. Honestly, yes, that would that would have made that film for me. That's okay. That's insane. So, I I don't even gonna... I can't even I can't even begin to wrap my head around like why some of these things occur so i'm just gonna rapid fire these um, okay let's see so at the very beginning uh the emperor's daughter uh seems to finish talking and she fades out and you just see the <laughs> that happens the like three times and then, and then but, but then she goes oh yes and fades back in like she forgot <laughs> that was like that happened like multiple times oh yeah by the way <laughs> Um, let's see. Um, I wrote Toto question mark exclamation point in all caps because I had no idea they did the music for the this. The Toto score they, goes hard in the David Lynch version. It's good. Do not disappoint. It seems like it seems like they're going for and I looked it up. This came out four years earlier. It seems like they're going for a Flash Gordon thing, like a Queen yeah. Flash. Yeah, but I don't bit. know why. I don't know why you read Dune and was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, let's base Flash Gordon's aesthetic around this." It's uh, it, the score is so good, though. The Toto score is so it, epic. It, it's, probably, it's one of the best <laughs> the parts fucking, of that movie for sure. The guitar riff while they ride worms into the oh, sand. What I'm saying, like, like that's what I'm saying. Like this movie is is, is bad and it sucks, but like. Come on, like they're they're riding they're riding the worms to the to fucking power cords. Like I like there, there's a part of me that 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 admits that that's pretty sweet. Um, one of the things I laughed hardest at was just him riding up the worm for the first time because it looks <laughs> so bad. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, the green screen's awful. Let's see. Uh, I have this movie has bulldogs. Um, yes, it does. It does. I I wrote um, it's giving Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because that's what the sets reminded me of. <laughs> like you could eat them i don't even know that it's like you could eat them it's just it's like it's like the, to bring it back to drag it takes a lot of money to look this cheap like you can uh. tell they're expensive but in the same at the same time like if i breathed on one of them wrong they would collapse they, i think that's to the charm they look expensively designed i think like everything yeah. is like just mm. everything is I like just like I do like the designs. It kind of looks like they went with their first draft on everything. It, it, but I think the de the designs are like complicated in a way to deceive you, so you don't notice how cheap looking the sets, how cheaply built the sets actually are, and like yeah. made. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the Emperor's throne room is just impressive by any yeah. metric. It's I a like, really uh, good. It's a really well designed set. I like the navigator and the tube. I thought that was a pretty cool. That's fun. That's pretty um, cool looking. I don't. I tried to find this afterwards. There were a few things watching the David Lynch movie that I was like, "Is that in the book?" And I do not think the navigator's in the book. I think that's really? a Lynch edition. Huh? Lynch just really liked the idea of those dudes in the tubes. Yeah. He's like, "I got it." Listen, if you want me to make this movie, I got to include a tube dude who's just gonna lay out this, the plot of the I series. I mean, we are talking about a man that a couple of years ago made a whole Netflix short about him talking, like interrogating a monkey. I I respect David Lynch, man. That dude will just make whatever the fuck. It, it's true. <laughs> like it's true. <laughs> like you seen and Twin Peaks? Fuck, and, you seen and, Twin and, Peaks? and these 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 fucking these film nerds will eat it the fuck up. So I I respect David Lynch. You 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 get that bag, honey. Fucking the only other, the only thing, the only major thing that I could find that wasn't in the book that's in the movie is the um, the sound guns. That's a Lynch edition. 
sound gun. Sound gun? When is there a sound Where, like, gun? They like grunt and it shoots people. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's that's a weird uh, that's a weird thing to just throw in. Okay, so uh, I feel like I have to ask this question before I forget. Jacob, is there a yep. weird sexual tension between Paul and Lady Jessica in the book? You know, there isn't not a weird sexual tension between them in the book. It's okay. I okay. People yeah. have been saying this on Twitter too. I didn't. Get there's that. there's a we, there's that I moment. There's that moment where they're both undressing. Are you talking about the new one? Yes, the new yes, one. Yes, that that was weird. There's like, like, I, weird didn't, like, I didn't get that vibe. vibe. I didn't get that vibe. That's that's weird. It's you probably want to fuck your mom, Kyle. No, the one the fact that you thought that makes wanna you want to fuck your mom. You want to fuck Kyle's mom? Miles Come. <laughs> Who the hell is Miles Come? <laughs> where can I get his come? Bro? Is that Miles Teller's evil uh, twin? Next note. Next note. Fear is the mind killer. It was funny in the book. It's still funny in the movie. Yeah, you're right. Um, Fear is the mind killer. It sounds. I was trying to figure out how to do it, and I think I figured out how to describe it. It sounds like if um if you took the phrase uh fear destroys the mind put it into Google Translate, and then translated it back into English. That's what it would give you. <laughs> it sounds like a logo on a Dwayne Johnson poster. <laughs> it's about That's drive. Funny. It's about power. Fear is the mind killer. <laughs> I knew you! Oh, I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> one of you would do it. Uh, real quick, how, boys, how do we feel about Dwayne Johnson's verse on, the, on that it's, Tech 9 it's, song? It's funny. I'm literally, it's funny. Literally, oh the, it's funny. The way I've been selling it to people is like, picture what a Dwayne Johnson rap verse sounds like. It's exactly like Yeah, that. exactly. Like, it's exactly Somebody, I think John Cena is a better rapper. You're I right. saw somebody right. say that um, it just sounds like how 15-year-old conservatives describe capitalism to poor people. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It sounds like a, like a military ad. Oh, God, he, it really he's does. Gonna start he's rapping it's about power. Isn't he? I think if he, if he was, he's maybe like gone a little more, gone a little more left of center since then. I would say he's probably a libertarian, if I had to guess. Yeah. Oh, I'll also say, um, along with Fear is the Mind Killer, Desert Power, also very funny. <laughs> so funny. Isn't that what Lord was talking about in that one song? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. Um, they really saw Tron and went, this is how the shields should look. Ooh. Ooh, the shields. That might be the biggest improvement between adaptations, is the look of the, the shields. shields the shields in the 2021 Dune look exactly how I imagined reading it. Like, and and that's good. Like, at least, like, at least they adapted it faithfully. In this, they look like Roblox characters. No, they look like Minecraft armor. It looks like <laughs> Minecraft I mean, armor. Honestly, both are faithful adaptations. It's just it was a limitation of the technology. Oh yeah, they look like uh, they look like when Kanye West and Lil Pump came out and did that one song. <laughs> You're so right. You're Maybe. so right. That is what they look like. <laughs> I'm gonna um, say fuck. I, I like a quick. Um. What else you got? Okay. Uh, the lady soldiers have cinched waists, and that's very funny. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, no one else has a cinched waist, but they're like, come on, we gotta have that figure. Now, come um, on, ladies. Interesting. Let's never, go. Never, t- David. Never impose a baby's face over two people kissing. That was weird. Oh. That was so weird. I, and I don't even. I don't even. I don't even remember what you're talking. Oh, is it? It's it's in the montage where they're just like, all right, let's get to the end, and they're like, uh, lady oh, and, just oh, had yeah. a baby, and then these two fucked a lot. Uh. It was like, let's just. Oh, let's just interesting. So when Lady Jessica has the baby, she has to like put her soul in the baby. 
No. Okay. So, so the life water that she drinks yeah. uh, alters the baby and turns her into a Bene Gesserit at okay. birth, which is not supposed to happen. Oh. Um. Why does the baby get sent to the emperor? Um. You know, it doesn't really make sense in the book either. They just send this child to face down the, the leader of the um, empire. Fucking the thing is, the the girl, um, because of that, because of the powers she has, ages mentally rapidly. So oh. by the by the in that scene in the movie, she has the mind of like a twenty five year old. Oh shit! Okay, so I guess she's, um, she's more capable than yeah. And so they're sending, and so really they're sending her in because like. She's that, and she has mind control, and she's, like, distracting them, and, like, yada yada, but it doesn't really add up. It's Yeah, it, it's, that, that's never, like, made explicitly clear that that's what's happening. Yeah. And, and then doesn't she, like, force push Baron Harkonnen out of a window? And, and he falls into a sandworm? Yeah. Okay, again, in the book, he, like... So you know that final fight with, uh, the, with Fade Rauthka, or whatever his name is yeah, at the end? Sting? Sting? Yes, with Sting, Is that character How in could the I book? Forget? Yes, okay. So that's okay. where I'm going with this. So that character is set to take over for Baron Harkonnen when he dies. Um, and, um, the th- and so the fight between him and Paul at the end is actually supposed to be a gladiator battle that Fade takes place in and about the middle section of the book. And it's established there that he's a cheater who uses like poison darts and shit to win when he's in a, when he's in a, a, a tight spot. Gotcha. That's, that's weird that that's the note they choose to end the movie on pretty much. You know, both movies end on kind of unrelated fights, but we'll get into that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's actually true. Um, um, let's see. Uh, I thought it was very funny when um, uh, the emperor just declares, "This is genocide." <laughs> <laughs> the no, the, the the biggest laugh that Jordan got out. He was like, or not even laugh. He was just his jaw was on the floor when he starts flying for the first time. Literally, I didn't know the Baron just floats like that. So I okay. like it. It caught me completely off guard. It, We're gonna get the into fu- the Baron now. It's the so, funniest thing I've ever seen. So. <sighs> First of all, I guess to a step to when I read the book, and I might have just been reading it wrong. When I read the book, it, it came across to me the device that makes him float came across to me as more of like essentially like a futuristic cane, where he's still walking, but it's supporting a lot of his weight for him. Yeah. Nah, um, dog. But, he's just floating around the room. But both movies just have him float, so I guess I misread that. Um. But so the Baron. It's fucking comical how often it's his weight is mentioned in the book. I said at one point that I would only go back and reread it to keep track of how many times it's mentioned to how many pages he's actually on in the book <laughs> because that ratio is fucking insane. It's constant. Like, he... Frank, um, hmm? I was saying Frank Herbert hates fat people, confirmed? But Frank Fer- Herbert is fat, is the thing. It's just that time Wait. period, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, and it's, oh my god. So, I don't know how clear this is in the Lynch movie, 
Um, it's not even just, it's just not addressed in the new one, which is how it should be. But um, the Baron in the book is a pedophile. Like, he yes, just has... I, I did know that before going in. I don't think it's mentioned in either. The, well, there's movie. that weird moment he has where he, where he sucks out that young boy's blood in the David Lynch oh, one. Oh, I forgot about and that And I think scene. that's, that's kind of the implication. From the book. Um, I did not know that's, he was yeah, a pedophile. I just straight from the book. As far as we know, I just don't think that's the case. In the, in, they, they've either just not mentioned that aspect or they've just completely omitted that aspect. Which is not, it does not bother me. No, it it doesn't really change the character all that much. No, it's, it's so weird in the book because it feels like, like, I don't know why they felt like they needed to make him so comedically over the top villainous. Like they're like, they're like, what, what, what? They're like, he's genocidal, uh, and he's fat, uh, and he's a pedophile, uh, it's 65, so he's also gay, uh... The, the way you kind of described it, though, where it's, like, setting up tropes to knock them down, maybe it's, like, they're just kind of going yeah. overboard with, like, comical evil overlord archetypes, you know? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, but I agree, I, I think, I, I think while the character is funny in, in Lynch, in the Lynch's version, I just think, like, like toning him down and, and kind of boiling him to his most basic potato-y aspects are, uh, only, are just more interesting. The only version of him that I've seen or read that is actually intimidating is the new one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, before we really get into it, again, that's a big improvement. This, they just make him this, like, like he's still fat, but, like, in a, in a kingpin kind of way, where I feel like he yeah. could crush my head like a watermelon if he really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, that character might have w- probably one of the biggest glow-ups between adaptations, yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything um, else uh, more on, on Lynch? Just a few more, I promise. Alright, uh, let's, 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 let's rapid fire, let's go. David Lynch! The, the line, bring in that floating fat man, hilarious. The little girl <laughs> who plays the, who plays the baby has no fucking idea what she's saying. They no, said, no, she's not, no, not at all. And she said, okay. Uh, they're miming recoil at the end instead of just having blanks in the guns, and it's very funny. Um, I think the only movie I've seen that's more confusing without the source material than 84 Dune is Cloud Atlas, which if you guys haven't seen, it's bonkers. Cloud, mm-hmm. At- Cloud, At- Cloud Atlas is not... I, I didn't read the book, and I, I understood that. Really? I, yeah, mm, I love Cloud Atlas. I don't know. I read, I read the book going. I read the book beforehand, and I was still having a. I was like, I was still having a little trouble keeping up with it. It just. I think. I think Lynch's is way worse. Yeah. I don't know. I also had an easier time with Lynch's because I read the book, then saw the new movie, then watched David Lynch's version. Okay. So okay. you you got the worst version out of the way last of that story. Yeah, I might be the first person in history to have seen the adaptations in that order. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, so, is that it? Is that I it? I think on, that's on... all I have. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've, I'm so sorry. Uh, no, you never apologize for being you, man. The Okay, so there is a glossary at the end of the book, Dune, to try to help you with the language that's being used throughout it. Yeah. Um, you know when you uh, look up a word in the dictionary, mm-hmm. and that definition uses a word that you also don't know the definition of, so then yeah. you go to that word in the dictionary, but it uses, that also... a thir- it uses a third word that you don't know the definition of, so you just give up. That's the glossary in Dune, but every word is all three of those words. Uh, people say Dune is, is like... It was called unfilmable unfilm- for, for the longest yeah. time. 
because of like it, its dense like themes and plots and all that. I don't think that's what makes the story confusing. What makes the story confusing is that Frank Herbert puts in a lot of made-up funny sci-fi words for things we have words for. Yeah. So it, it just it just so adds this it adds this language barrier that just it, it, it keeps people from, from really getting into it. It's so funny that there's all this crazy sci-fi language, but our main characters are named Paul and Jessica. Yeah. Exactly. No. I, I was thinking about it. I guess Paul really isn't that much worse than, like, Luke. Yeah. You know? I mean, to a degree, but it just, it works better in Star Wars. It does. I know. It does. Well, I, 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 was al- I was also talking, I said, uh, Luke sounds like a protagonist name. Have you ever met a guy named Paul that saved anyone from anything? Yeah. <laughs> what What's funny is... Is yeah, you mentioned unfilmable. I'm just gonna go back real quick. Uh, Cloud Atlas was also considered unfilmable, and that also has made up sci fi language. Um, and it's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Jesus, you speak the true, true. Yep, yep, that's exactly They literally make fun of it in Rick and Morty. Yeah, they do. I, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, should I watch it? I'll watch it with you. Oh god! I don't know. You it's hated good. speed. You hated Speed Racer, so I don't, true. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I, Speed Racer and that movie have fuck all in common, other than the creators. Say, say, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not comparing Speed Racer to Cloud Atlas. Speed Racer's kind of dookie. Oh, we I, gotta. I, I love. Okay, I I know I know we're going long, but we gotta talk about. I don't know if you guys have already talked about it, but the new Matrix trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, we, it we awesome. mentioned it. What'd you think? I think it looks awesome. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm super I interested. I'm very excited. I think it looks great. I'm super interested to see like a post re because like now like the Matrix has been reread by everyone as a trans metaphor, and yeah. I'm so interested to see the sisters go back. Like only only one it's, sister. It's only one of them. Only one sister. It. I mean, I know that's true, but you're telling me that uh, Lana's the one who is filming it, right? I believe. Yes, Lana's well, the you're one. You're telling. You're telling me that not, that like whoever's filming it didn't go to the other one at least in the writing phase Fair. and was like th- bouncing ideas off each other. I, like, I think I on. I think I read in it. I think you're totally right, but I I just like for context. I think I read in an interview that uh the reason Lena isn't involved is because that like that time in her life like the movie like kind of brings her back to that. So she's trying yeah. to like move forward and everything while Anna's just like no Matrix Four. So she's also yeah. retired, isn't she? Like she's retired from directing. Maybe. I, maybe I have no idea. You you would know this. You love the Wachowskis. I, I don't know if she retired or if she's just doing her own wow, thing. Fake fan. Well, I think Lily. I think she was more in charge of what was that TV show? Sense oh, Eight. Sense Eight. Yeah. I think she was more involved. So I think they just kind of split off and did their own thing. Damn, it's like the Coens. All exactly. Um, but. I love the Wachowski. Speed Race is great. Matrix is great. I'm excited for the new one. Yeah. They what do I'll say? sometimes they do sometimes use uh top like buzzwords the way that a CW show does, and I get that vibe <laughs> from them being like, uh, Tom, you seem very triggered right now. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, I noticed that. But what I will say about the Wachowskis is they always swing for the fences. Oh, even for if sure. it doesn't connect so even like a bay, sure. Even, uh, I don't agree with that. Um, you're, okay, you're gonna tell me that man doesn't go balls out every Transformers movie. I, I, the Transformers, yes, but every movie, I name name one movie you think Michael Bay has not put every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears into. Even if you don't like it, the, the Island. No, 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 dude. Have you seen the Island? Uh, 
A long time ago. The island smacks. I'm going to be the first person. I want to be the first person since 2004 to say that out 13 loud. 13 hours. I think, I've never seen that. Is that it's okay? fine, but I don't know if he puts his heart and soul into it. I don't know, dude. I think, I, I think you totally misjudge him as a director. I think he's or, a, I think he's a professional. Right. And I think he, he, he puts his, he uh, puts himself, honestly, Michael Bay should have adapted Dune. Stop it. You stop it Do now. either of you guys watch Patrick H. Willems? N- yes. No. Uh, have you seen his, uh, two-parter on Michael Bay? Yes. Okay. That's weird that it's not the other way around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, anyway, Michael Michael Bay rant over. Um, so what would you give David Lynch's yeah, as, as 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 you as a listener of the show would, would know we we rate Well, actually we we, we changed just changed it. We just changed our scoring system. We, we rated so, it out of 5. Letterbox so we're, we're just going off the Letterboxd oh, system now. So what would uh what would you give it out of 5 to David Lynch? Doing? Um on Letterboxd, I gave it a one. It's a hard movie to rank just because I respect it so much, but it's also terrible. It's a two for me. Two. I, I kind of completely agree with that sentiment. It's it's. I think it's mostly well made. It's mostly uh, like like entertainingly acted, but it also just sucks. It, it sucks. It kind of does suck in it's a, a lot slog. of ways. But I did get a, I get did get quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. It uh, literally gave me a headache coming out of it. So I like, can't I can't give it a positive rating, but I did get enjoyment out of it. So I'll, I'll give it a two and a half. We got we got two and a half. Kyle out here championing championing David Lynch's Dune out here. Dune is a masterpiece. <laughs> Nineteen eighty four. No, uh, all right. It's so, a two and a half. So fast forward, twenty seventeen. Denis Villeneuve is is announced as the uh, as the director of a new adaptation. I think Legendary got the rights handed off to them. And so, uh, new I think that we all was, saw that way. news. I think that we all saw that news and went, "Yeah, that's the right like, choice." Like, yeah, that makes because sense. Because he that... is, I think, he is my favorite current working director. I he, think he should. Is. He should be um, like the place that he has in like film bro culture. The pl- sorry, the place that um, Christopher Nolan has in film bro culture. It should be Denis Villeneuve. I kind of agree. I, th- I listen. I, I, I kind of agree nowadays. Yeah. I like Nolan for sure, and I think the dude's made some fantastic films. Last but, few years, but I there's just something like there's something so um, cold and calculated about his filmmaking. I think besides exactly. like I'd say besides like Interstellar, like Interstellar has a lot of heart and sure, but like there, there's I a, agree with there, you. There's something so sterile and business like about his movies, and I think Denis just Denis knows. You know, Denis reminds me a lot of actually Spielberg. Right. He, he yeah. Just, he yeah. he has he has this like, like every time he directs a movie, it's like I'm looking at it through the eyes of like this wide-eyed like child. Like he has such this expansive imagination right. and communicates Ooh, it in don't such watch an en- like uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess but I guess. Like, but like Tenet is such a cold. Like, but like on top of that, like, but like uh, in comparison to that, like, yeah. like tended against like a Blade Runner or something like that. Yeah. Like Blade Runner is still like, like cold and moody, but I don't know. It just has this more kind of this like this earnestness and to then, it. And then compared to like Arrival, which is a grounded sci-fi, but also one of the most human movies. It's so ever. sincere and, and, most, and emotional. Like, I need yeah, to rewatch yeah. that. I haven't seen it since theaters. I think it's, um, it's, so it's hit very, me up anytime. It's very interesting to track. Villeneuve's career up until this point because like in the in the late 90s and 2000s he was very much in this like art house indie director phase in his career where he was just trying shit and then Uh, enemy yeah yeah and then with incendies he kind of dips his toe into this into like more 
like stressful suspense movies. It's still mm-hmm. it's still like very much uh, mm-hmm. a drama and like an art house movie. Like I but, I, I but will clarify has... real quick. The Spielberg comparison is definitely with his more recent output. I think yeah, yeah. obviously obviously his older movies kind of strike a more 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 gr- grisly tone. I would say especially like I haven't seen it, but Prisoners and stuff. Yeah, but then so with so with um, Incendies. And then Prisoners, I, I consider Enemy, Enemy's weird because it was filmed during his art house phase, but then released during his, like, hard, like, grounded thriller phase. It's such a um, weird fucking movie. <laughs> it's so weird, bro. But, um, but so, uh, Incendies to a degree, but then really Prisoners and, um... Sicario. Sicario, thank you. Are, like, his Sicario's like, so I'm, goddamn good. He's like, I'm gonna do like grounded, gritty, intense thrillers, and then well, with, and then he starts I, moving on from that with Arrival, where he's like, I still want to do that vibe, that like grounded, realistic vibe, but I want to introduce these big sci-fi elements, and then like Blade Runner just takes that to the next step of like this whole new world, still has those thriller elements, but mostly just like a, a heady sci-fi movie, and then Dune just becomes like Blade Runner on crack. I think he's had a very interesting <laughs> career that's very easy to see where he's at. Like like movie. like the trage- like looking back in hindsight, like it, it should have been obvious like where he would have ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but uh, but I guess getting into that, let's uh let's start with his, ver- his adaptation of Dune. What uh initial thoughts before we get into spoilers? What do you guys think? Every problem I have with the new Dune movie, I guess I liked it. But every problem that I have with it is not an issue really with Denis Villeneuve. It's an issue with the book and frustrations I, I have with that story. I completely agree with you. Every every issue I've had with this is the same issues I have with the David Lynch version and, I guess, by extension, the book. That being said, I think I'm a little bit more positive on it than you are. Um, I have also seen it uh, technically two or three times this weekend. So it, it's like... I don't know. It's it's a movie I wasn't like head over heels with, but I, I just I can't stop thinking about it. Like it's it's it was it was awesome. I loved this movie. Yeah, I, you loved it. Is it, it is one of my favorite films of the year. It is it is a movie that kind of restored that like spark. Yeah. You know, like it had been a while since I had been in a theater, you know, I was just and about, I think I was just that, that say, fucking spark. One of my friends me. who listens to the podcast texted me. He was like, "Does Kyle actually enjoy watching movies?" He <laughs> fucking did say that, and, he was, and I, I'm glad to see that this movie has has restored some faith in this, cinema for it, you. It felt like uh, this is like cinema. These are movies. This is baby. cinema, baby. I was sitting in the theater. And my jaw was like dropped a lot of the times at the the sound design and the score and the fucking scope of the filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I have problems with with the story and how it's told at points, and I and I probably think that extends back to the source material, but those were so minute in comparison to how it made me feel, and I think that's that's what's totally important. fair. Yeah. Um. um so let's to, let's ha- to, yeah get us sorry, started. Sorry, just to jump. Just to jump back a little, a little bit, I saw a review of it that was like, "I don't want to see any behind-the-scenes footage of New Dune. I just I ha- want to yes. believe that he went to the future <laughs> and filmed it there." Honestly, um, I, I feel the same way about the '84 one because how fucking funny would it be if that's just how the future looks? 
<laughs> like we get there and we're like, oh. I did see I that review though. I follow right. that guy. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying, like, say what you will about it, but it, it's one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen. Ugh. Like, it looks just I terrific mean, start it, to finish. I, I it, 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 it's at such a disadvantage for me coming right after Blade Runner 2049, which is yeah. my favorite looking movie of all time. And that's fair. That is, uh, listen, Denis Villeneuve just, if you can say one thing about the guy, all of his movies are just going to be a feast for the senses. See, see, like, like not even just look, like the, the sound design is great. Like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of cool stuff they the do. The score like, knocked me out of my fucking ha- seat. Hans Zimmer just absolutely going hog wild. Like, listen, all respect to Toto and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but Hans Zimmer just goes absolutely hog wild. This is, this is Hans Zimmer's I, best score since Interstellar. Uh, I think I agree. Really? I yeah. think so. I... I thought that it was kind of generic. Huh. Really? I, like, like I remember, I was like, I noticed the score because it's mixed very loudly, but it kind of sounds like every other score Hans Zimmer has done in the last ten years. Really? See, I I, I don't know. I thought there was an energy that had been lacking for me. it, it, It kind of, it's, it's, I think even if the score doesn't, like, like musically isn't all that separated. I think the way it's incorporated into the movie, yeah, like, like it accentuates, I would agree with that. it accentuates moments so well and heightens moments so well. Like, like it's, it's just a solid fucking score for the film, you know, and like, a, and like I wouldn't want the score to that film to sound any other way. And oh my God, you mentioned it, the sound design, like, like when they, when the, he uses his, thum. when he, when he uses his voice, when he uses <laughs> Oh, there's the, another Dragonborn comparison. Yeah. He has a fucking voice power. Yeah. But when he uses his voice power for the first time and the way they cut out the sound and then, and then like it, it, it lags almost so good, dude. Um, so I guess, Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, I totally forgot to write it down. It's so I was just thinking about the box scene. Um, oh yeah, in the '84 one, it's so funny that she's just carrying it like a purse with a little dog in it, like this incredibly <laughs> important religious artifact, and she just has it tucked under her arm. She's got it slung under her shoulder, just like it's, <laughs> like it's a football. But besides that, the scenes are actually pretty similar. The box scenes in both versions, it, it, well, they're, like there's, they there's are a lot both of dialogue straight from the book. Straight from the book. I was gonna say there's a lot of dialogue that that surprised me, like that that exchange between Gurney and Paul in the beginning, where where they're kind of having that like training session is pretty much word. For yeah, word. it is. Yeah, the same. Oh, although the dialogue sounds a lot better coming out of Brolin's mouth, I do have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I, almost, I get like almost every time the movies line up like that, it's because they're both adapted straight from the book. I, I think we can all agree the casting is pretty much an improvement across oh, the board, it's right? Such it's phenomenal. Casting. I think it's this, phenomenon. It's phenomenal. The, it's it's phenomenal. This is one of the best assembled ensemble casts I think ever, and I think that's something Denis, as he kind of got into more accessible films and kind of got his hands on, like, bigger actors. That's something he learned to do really well slowly over time is juggle, like, really talented ensemble casts yeah. and, like, all these competing egos and stuff. And I think this is where it really... That, like, really reaches its culmination. Because you've got, like... Yeah. Like, like, like a baker's dozen of, like, like actors who would all get top billing on any other movie. And honestly, I think mm-hmm. the one that impressed me the most is... I think Rebecca Ferguson was so She's good as She's Lady great. Jessica, man. I, my, I was my pretty... Thing- here, you no, go no, you go, you go, you go first. You go first. Um, my favorite was Jason Momoa. I he's great. He's so good. He's great. He's so good. He's great. He's, I love that he's the yeah. one character that's given permission to like smile and have fun, like like, and I think that just really I will like say, like help. 
there was not while I loved his performance, there was not a single joke that landed for me in this movie. There weren't many. <laughs> there, there's of like the three jokes that are in the movie, I can I can tolerate them because they, they don't linger on them too and, long. And it's, and it's not yeah. it's not like it's not one... quippy. It's not quippy in the way like, like Marvel like, no, like not at all. The one jo- the one joke I did like is, is there Oscar Isaac give I, I guess uh should we give our ratings real quick before we get into spoilers? Yeah, because it's a newer movie. Yeah, All right, yeah. so um, eight out of eight out, eight out of ten, four out of five. This is uh, four out of five. Four out of five. This is uh, this is a really solid setup and beginning to. I I think I was telling you this. I think the rating could honestly go up once I kind of see like the full scope of things. But yeah, this is one of the best eight out of eight out of tens, four out of fives I've ever seen. This is my highest four and a half. I can almost get it to a five. Just so close. But there, it does have a problem with, with a lot of setup for a sequel, which we'll get into. Yeah. But I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Besides Suicide Squad, it's my favorite blockbuster of the year. And uh, I, yeah, I fucking forgot that the Suicide Squad came out, and I thought you meant the old, like, 2016. No, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> have you seen the Suicide Squad yet, Jacob? Um, the new one or the old one? The new one. Yes, I have seen the new one. It's awesome. We both love that movie. Your silence speaks volumes. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't... No, sorry. Your audio cut out for a second. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, no, I was uh, I was just saying we both love that movie. We both, we both really dug yeah. that one. I really, I really enjoyed it. Poor Emily walked in while I was watching it, and she got the two worst jokes in the whole movie, and she Aww. looked at me, and I was like, I promise it's good. <laughs> like, I swear, this is, this is the... What, what jokes did she walk in on? I genuinely don't remember. It's in the... I, I know it's during the um, uh, the scene where uh, Viola Davis is giving them all the rundown of what they have to do. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And there's two jokes in a row that just both of us were like, ooh. I, I feel like that, I feel like that's one thing. Like like you in particular are really uh, are are really like 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 I feel like I feel like humor has to has to really land for you, you know. Like I just, I just think that's interesting that that's like a, that's like that's like a specific aspect because I don't know like like jokes like that in movies my, unless they like land they just kind of wash over me my, a little bit. My favorite movie of the year actually is Zola because I haven't laughed harder in a theater in a long time. Honestly, that movie is funny as fuck. The kid from uh, Sky High, the one that glows, so funny, who's dude. in Succession, he's so f- he's Nicholas a, he's, he's a star. So funny, the, the line that Em and I quote to each other all the time is when she's stripping and the dude tips her and just goes, you look like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, anyway, back, what, back what's, your rate, what's your rating for Dune, Maher? Um, I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd. That's fair. That's a very fair score, I think. Um, um, I, have pro- I have problems with it in the script department, but... I mean, du- du- the direction, the sound design, the set and costume design. Oh my god! Like, yes, sir. It's, it's so good. It's a ten. It's a ten out of ten in every aspect but the script for me. I okay. think this okay. movie is going to be the Mad Max Fury Road of this year. In that, I, th- I think it's just gonna. The fact that it made money solidified this opinion for me. It's gonna like knock out every other movie in the technical category oh, of awards yeah. season. Yeah, like like the fact that it was a critical hit and it made money. Yeah, forget about it. It's 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 Dune's race to lose. Um, but yeah, uh, the one thing I was talking about that uh, the the one joke that that got like a genuine laugh out of me is uh, when they first meet Stilgar 
in the in the council. Oh, and, the spitting and he on the spits. Tape. And, and the part that got me is the moment where uh, Oscar Isaac he gives him like this look where he's like, "Really? All right." And I'm just like, "That's that's good. That's good subtle acting on Oscar Isaac's part." I I think Oscar I was, Isaac might have honestly been my favorite actor in this movie. I, I love awesome. Oscar Isaac in general, but in this movie especially, he's he's very good as as Alito. Uh, he's also naked at one point. He is naked at one point, but you don't see. I'm his so mad I didn't get to see his wiener. <laughs> at least the wiener cut, Denis. Um, but yeah, like, like, I, I, we could gush about the casting all day. I mean, fucking uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya are really, are really charming as, as the two. I actually, uh, I Zendaya's wanted, not lead, I, it, I guess it's a weird point to talk about, but I actually do really want to talk about that joke because it really bothers me. Really, um, and it's because I don't think it's like a terribly written joke at all i just think it kind of leans into this like wacky native stereotype of oh like, yeah uh they do the thing strange and that's strange I, to us I, I think it's harmless enough in its intention that i i don't know i, I guess I, I don't know i i, I think that's a fair interpretation that is a fair interpretation though this um, is a I, this is a this is a personal pet peeve of mine too. I don't like when culture, like f- fictional cultures, have like very on the nose reasons for doing what they're doing. It to me is like when, like, if I waved at somebody and like they whispered, like, ah, they wave when they greet to show they have no weapons in their hands and mean no so harm. What, it's the same what, thing to me. What in particular are you referring to? Uh, where he's like. They spit because the water is valuable, and so spitting wastes water and shows that they respect you. It's like that's that's a very on the nose way. Yeah, to but and, at least that like breeding. ties back to their like whole culture and makes sense. Like obviously, like desert people would value like yeah. moisture like that. So I, I think it really uh, for me that that critique is like a case by case depending on like the movie. Like that will sometimes bother me a lot. But uh, but I think in this movie it's it, it at least adds up enough to where it like makes sense. Um the the main criticisms I've heard online for this are that the first act slow, which I don't really it is, agree with. It is. It's slow, but it's not boring. It's not boring because it, it's, it's giving you the necessary information in a way I don't think it's over-expository. I think they, they give you what you need, and then they send you on your and way. And I think even if, like, you are bored, like, there's enough going on visually and just, like... It's so Like, watching these stimulated. characters interact and, like, act off of one another is, like, entertaining enough that... Even if, you, if you're having trouble, like, following along, I think, like, the, the, the propulsion of the plot you can still kind of follow. Um, yeah, Oscar Isaac's great. Uh, I think uh, Bootstrap Bill... Is awesome as Baron Harkonnen. Great villain. Great, great changes to the character all around. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, is whenever, that, whenever I did when, not know Stellan Skarsgård played that character. That is and, and, that is Stellan Skarsgård. He is. Uh, I knew terrific. it was him in Dune. I didn't know it was him in Pirates. Yeah, that, he's Bootstrap Bill. That's crazy. I love Stellan Skarsgård. He's so good in everything. He's a, one of our one of our greatest working character actors. I think. And then I, I love seeing more appearances He's, by what the hell's his name? David da- Oh Das Das Moshane? Das Moshian? Yeah. Uh Polkadot Moshian. I love that Underrated he's having actor. he's having a, he's having a great fucking year. Oh, uh, Batista really fits David, that role. Dave really Batista well. is pretty intimidating. Make, makes that yeah. role pretty pretty terrifying. Like I would I not want to run into run into him in a, in a dark alley. This is an issue with um the book and the movie, I think, that could have been fixed, but I think both movies were very scared to make adaptational changes because the fan base is so rabid for these. But yeah. at the same time, it's weird. It's weird, like, 
because in Star Wars, like, obviously you make any change and people are going to go crazy. Have that, mm-hmm. have enough people read Dune to make a fuss about an adaptational I think, change I think Denis made a smart choice by waiting for all the day one fans to die before he makes an adaptation <laughs> with a lot of changes. Well, well, I mean, no, no, I think Dune fans are definitely crazy enough to, like, go nuts. But there's only, like, five of right. them. Right. Exactly. Like, like, the three people who read the book are gonna go, hey, wait a second, wait a minute. But, and all of the, like, most of the changes, I would say, for the, are for the better, at least aesthetically. Because, because yeah. these, like, fan bases for these old pieces of media are wild. I think when the Lord of the Rings series comes out on Amazon, if oh, it changes anything, Twitter is gonna be unusable. Eat, people will eat they that. Better. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, if it violates any part of the lore, they will. If, eat dude, it if Black Gandalf yeah. shows up, the internet's gonna crash. I swear to God. Um, but what what I was what I was trying to get to is that um, I think while everybody's incredibly cast and gives great performances on the villain side of things. Um, David Polka Dot Man and Dave Bautista's roles could have easily com- been combined, and there's nothing lost. And then on the hero side of things, Sufer Howitt, uh, oh my lord, um, Duncan Idaho, and uh, what's the other dude's name? Thanos. All three of those oh, roles yeah. could have been combined, and none. none I I completely lost. disagree because they all kind of serve as different figures for Paul. Duncan's like his big brother. Uh, Gurney's like a stern uncle, and then, uh, uh, the guy from Fences is like his grandpa. They kind of, I, they kind of all offer, like, these different, like, yeah, I, I perspectives to him a little bit. Like, they all kind of have these unique relationships with, with him. Does he ever, ever interact with Thufur Howitt in the he, movie? He has, he, he, has a a hug. Cu- he has a couple interactions with he him. Throughout the film. <laughs> his, his relationship with that character is not quite as strong as Gurney or Idaho, but I, I um, think, like... I, I think again, like they all kind of offer like different like forms of of perspective and kind of wisdom to him. So okay, you know? so this is a criticism I have actually with the movie and not the book. Interestingly, um, is that uh, Thufir Hawa uh, Fences guy is totally dropped after the dinner scene in the movie. Um, he, oh yeah, uh, in the book. He um, is, and I probably wouldn't have noticed it if I have read the book first, but in the book, he is forced to join the Harkonnen side. Yeah, that happens in the Lynch version. I think that's something we'll see in the sequel. Yeah. Like, I I think we'll see a scene. I mean, obviously, but it is still, still, it's still kind of messy to have him get one reaction shot when Thanos makes fun of him for letting Paul almost get killed, and then he's gone for the rest of the movie. Well, Gurney also kind of dips, I mean, it kind of dips about after the Harkonnen attack, like, you never really, like, you never really learn, like, what happens. I mean, obviously we know what happens, he ends up with the the Fremen and everything, but, um, like, he he kind of disappears after the first half of the He first ends up with the, he first also ends up with the Harkonnens, um, because he's essentially like, he's loyal to whoever he's with, but at the same time, he's a soldier for hire. And so if his, if the person he's loyal to dies, he kind of just goes and serves whoever's next in line. So he Get jumps to, he jumps to the Harkonnens for a while in the book. And then when he learns that Paul's alive, he jumps back onto Paul's side. <laughs> he's like, oh um, shit, that was, that was a big, that one was a whoops. Of, one of my biggest problems is, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, people have commented about it and it's a scene that got cut. Um, it, they found it because there's like, there's that scenes in the trailer at a point where like a shot of it and it's Dr. Yue, Yue yeah. crying about his wife and, uh, and Rebecca and Lady Jessica comforting him. I think if I were to make this movie like 15 minutes longer, it would be more interactions between Yue and Paul. 
because I think his betrayal is the most, it's the most, like, disappointing part that's kind of lost in translation, mm. I think. Because it kind of happens, just... and it's kind of glossed over. Like, one thing I do like about the Lynch version is there's a little time kind of spent on, like, who is this traitor? Like, like there's kind of a mystery there for a bit, at least. And this, it, it like, it, it takes, like, that whole plot takes, like, five minutes to resolve. Also, are so... we all in agreement that Yue's wife is that spider thing? Do you mean from enemy? No, the fucking in in the scene where 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 we're introduced to Baron Harkonnen's throne room. He's got this weird like mutant spider thing in a gimp suit that's like crawling around, and he refers to it as his pet. And the Bene Gesserit totally lady's like, forgot about that. He's I like, oh, about that he's too. like, oh, it needs to leave. And then David David Daspelshane's like, no, I can't hear you. Uh, I'm I, my head at least is that that's Doctor Yue's wife because at least so what else would that be? We're all in agreement. The answer is no. We're not. Okay, well uh, that answers my question then. I guess I can't believe you guys forgot about the weird spider. Woman. I forgot about that. That thing sits at the foot of my bed each night. It's terrifying. Uh, Doctor Yue's uh, betrayal is just as underwhelming in the book. Uh, really? You actually, you actually know it's him from like the very beginning because there well, are parts I, of the there are parts that would have been an opportunity are, to. I was just saying that would make that would there would that would be an opportunity to make that storyline more compelling in, in the new movie, like actually give it some like it's, narrative weight. I I agree with you. In the book, it's not because you know it's him, but you don't know why, and you don't know what his attachment to these people are or anything like that. It's just it's just a thing you know. It's it's a it's a Hitchcock bomb under the table. Like you know everything's uh, going to go down eventually, but you don't know exactly when. You don't know exactly how or why. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm trying to like sort my thoughts out in my head. The worm was good. I was just thinking about the worm. <laughs> uh, the worm is fucking sick. I I think I leaned over to you in the theater. The scene uh, where Max von Sydow's character, who is not Max von Sydow, I forget the character's name. Is it Kynes? Keens? I know who you're talking she's, about. She's like the, the like the liaison lady. for the for the Fremen or whatever. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, Weird that but, she's. I, I honestly, I, I remembered her in the book, but I couldn't remember how she's described. It was very interesting to see her go from a black woman in the new one to a white dude in the old one. Yeah, fucking Mac, Max von Sydow rolling up. But the scene where it eats the... I, I think I leaned over to you in the theater and I was like, I have never seen a, a trio of movie characters more fucked than in this moment. The three fucking Sadukar or whatever that, that get devoured by the fucking sandworm. Oh, I'm like, yeah. that is a... That is a horrible way to go. I also noticed, I think, I don't know if it's a direct recreation, but there, uh, the, when you first see the worm, that shot of it like coming up and like enveloping that base, I'm pretty sure that shot is a recreation of the same one from the David it Lynch is. film. It is. Like, like, like it's even from the same angle with like the bottom, like, like the helicopter and everything. Or, yeah. Or the thopter, as if they call it. If we're talking like a difference in adaptations, the it's almost the exact same scene just a little longer in the new one and it's fucking incredible where it's kind of boring in the lynch one i think it, that's well, my favorite it, scene of the whole new movie it's funny it's so in, in the lynch one because in the lynch one it's made clear that the reason that the the base like malfunctions is because of sabotage mm -hmm. but in the new one it's just like there's just a malfunction yeah and that is to like matter. demonstrate like no it, it really doesn't like it it's so much like more efficient in the new one, and like and like that, because they bring up this whole point that they were given like busted hand-me-down equipment, like they were sent here to fail, and, and they and they draw out the tension by making it the first time that Paul trips on on yeah, the he spice. gets like full exposure to the spice. I will um, say his line where he's like, "I could sense your, I could tell it's you, old man." I was like, 
I guess that's a payoff to a setup, but for what? It's not doing anything. I, uh, I didn't. I think Duncan's Idaho, Duncan Idaho's death is the saddest scene I've ever seen in cinema history. Um, what about I, Biggie Cheese? Biggie Cheese. That's a pretty sad scene. I, I can't lie. But uh, yeah, Duncan Idaho. I, I I think I agree with you. He's definitely the most charming performance in the movie, for sure. I. Uh, Jason Momoa, I think, fills a niche we've been missing for a long time in, like, a true himbo action hero. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of roles yeah. Brendan Fraser used to play. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Jason Momoa fills that role, and this character works, uh, in that role really well, and I think another thing it improves upon in adaptation is his death is actually, like, honorable and meaningful yeah. in, uh, in the new one, whereas he dies pretty casually and unceremoniously in the Lynch version, and yeah, I, yes. I'm not sure how that goes down in the book. But in the Lynch version, it's just, like, that character is just glossed over. Like, he's so unessential. Yeah. I um, honestly don't remember what happens in the book, so if that like, tells you anything. I, 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 did, I did remember he died, so I was I was watching that scene where he makes that escape during the Harkin attack in the uh, in And you the were copter. so excited, you were like, he's living! I was like, he lived! And then he oh, fucking dies later, and I was like, god damn I, it. I love the little detail that, like, he, like, starts to fight the Sardaukar, and they're just like, you know what, fuck it, take the ship. <laughs> yeah, fuck, like, nope, like, abs absolutely. That, that scene was incredible, mm -hmm. where it gets attacked. I, uh, uh, the yeah. Harkonnen attack? Yeah. That, Harkonnen. That's my favorite scene in the movie, like, that that whole invasion, and, like, like Gurney running out with the Atreides, and the fucking bagpipe theme starts playing, like, I love that theme for the Atreides, I, it's so cool. I laughed out loud when the bagpipes started playing the first time, like yeah, the yeah. first time in the movie, and yeah. then when they start playing in that moment, I'm like, holy shit, they made it work. Like, this is the coolest um, thing I've ever and seen. And then it even adds, like, I sure, I'm sure this wasn't in the book, it wasn't in the Lynch version, but the, like, where they have to fly into the sandstorm in the helicopter. Yeah, that, that is in the book. So, that is in the book. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a really cool sequence. Um, um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. But where he says fear is the mind killer, and it's, it's very funny. funny. I, yeah, he does say fear is the mind killer. Um, fuck, why don't you say something while I think of what I was going to say? Um, I just... I guess I gotta get one of my flaws. It The last 15 minutes are very clearly set up. And yeah, he fights it, that one dude. Okay, yeah. so, so in the book, I saw a review that was like, this movie's great if you like orange and no emotions for two hours. Um, and I don't I, uh... disagree. I don't disagree. But the, the I thing is, say... yes, I do want that for two hours. Actually, yeah. In in the book, in the book, um, when he is like that, because that fight's lifted from the book. Even though it's not in the Lynch movie, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I am assuming it got cut for time. But the guess, fight in the yeah. book is like they, they kind of replace it with the with the fight with Sting. Like that's kind of where it takes the place. Like in the, yeah. the sequence of of the events. Um, but in but in in the book they almost murder Paul because they think he's just toying with him like they freak the fuck out about it and Lady Jessica like just barely talks them out of uh, killing him because they're like you're a dishonorable asshole for toying with this man you clearly were superior to and in the yeah. book in the movie it's just like hey. Stop that. Like, yeah, hang on. Like, I, I like the explanation, though. Like, like it's in that moment you realize he's never killed anyone. And I was like, oh, yeah, he hasn't killed anyone yet. And the thing is, I, I recognize that the last 15 minutes are entirely set up. It's not a bad sequence. It's, it's a really good, it's good setup. It's set up, but it's good setup. 
I also just realized uh, we didn't talk about Benicio del Toro. Great, as always. He's awesome. He's so good. He's awesome. I didn't realize it was him. I was like, because I heard the voice. I was like, is that Benicio del Toro? And then I saw his face. I was like, it's not. And then I saw his name at the end. I was like, holy shit. Javier Bardem. You mean Javier Bardem? You mean Javier Bardem? Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're, no, no, you're it fine. sounded right to me. I, at I, first. I, no, I was, I was thinking, I was like, who is Benicio del Toro in Dune? No, Javier Bardem is great as Stogar. Hate that haircut. Um, something about that haircut gives me like he tried to cut him it's himself vibes, which I guess he would like logistically in the world, but still, I don't like it. And Zendaya is promising as this character. Yeah, sure. The, 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 the character awesome. just kind of doesn't get anything to do in this. I was, yeah, yeah I was really excited visions. for Zendaya. I got I Zendaya really excited baited. for Zendaya. I got Zendaya, Zendaya is Michi. <laughs> it is um, interesting. It's interesting that the movie starts with her. Yeah, she she kind of seems to be like the heart of this movie almost. Like like all of his visions and everything always come back to her and stuff. So like, she's so. going to be important to I movie. I would think so, yeah. Oh yeah, um, she's a major part of the book. I think I I I said this the other day to someone. I think if they are going to adapt the other books, I think they should adapt the second half of Dune as a movie and then do the rest of the books as, a, as like, a prestige show on HBO Max. That'd be sick. Like, because be I think, I think um, the more, like, the more, like, weird and the more expansive the ideas get, you're just going to need more time to do it. And I think if you get Denis involved, like, as like an you, you really could have here's the next where, Game of Thrones on your hands, honestly. Here's, here's where I disagree with that is because... So the copy of the book I have uh, of Dune that I have is 800 pages and the same cut, like the same sized copy of Dune Messiah, which is the second book is 400. Like they squeeze, a, like there's a lot more like weird shit in those books, but all the lore and everything is gotten out of the way. I would also, Dune, I would also so just love coming back to this world week after week, you know? Yeah. That's I don't fair. know. I just, I just, I think. I think that would be a good way to give to really give the story its due, you know what I mean, and adapt like it's a due. truly a truly definitive version, so we would never have to take another try at it again. Yeah, because the thing is, this movie, I mean, Denis did it. He made the unfilmable. He really he did. The like, like this is like a watershed a moment for him as a director. I think. I think this really solidifies him as like a household name. Like this, this, this really puts I him. Hope so. Because uh, most, well, I, mean, of the, I mean, it's making money. People are talking about it. Like, like people are. I think people are going to know who he is because of this. Because movie or movies like this or books like this, when you read them, you're like, how the fuck would they ever do that in a movie? Most of the books that have been considered unfilmable over the last few years, most of them suck as movies. Yeah, The Goldfinch. That movie <laughs> licked balls. I never saw The Goldfinch. Is the gold was The Goldfinch considered unfilmable? It was in a way because of how it's a really long book and it's very okay. structurally strange. Okay. Um, I just know that it starts with it starts as like an introspective, like deep novel that then ends with the mom getting whacked by the mob or some shit. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. I don't know why I agreed. I haven't seen it, but uh. <laughs> um, it's yeah. At least uh, Roger Deacon shoots it. So it looks good. Is, is that the worst movie he shot? Um, I'd have to look. Uh, he did Skyfall. It's... Hey, Skyfall's good. <laughs> okay, this is actually you. I wanted to mention this when you were talking about James Bond. To this day, Skyfall is the only Bond movie I've ever seen. You gotta watch. Why... Casi... You gotta watch oh, Casino sure. Royale ASAP. It's just it's so goddamn good. 
Yeah, it's so it's just of course I hate Skyfall if I jumped into it with that. Like like that you really get a lot more out of that experience if you understand like the tropes it's kind of like sending up and everything. Um if you're looking for like classics to start with, my favorite uh classic is definitely Goldfinger. Goldfinger is like mm-hmm. the most it's the most like distilled essence of what we understand as Bond. He gets all the gadgets in that one. He gets the Aston Martin. It's the first time we get like a real proper like Bond villain. Yeah. Like Doctor No is kind of there. He doesn't really do a whole lot in Yellow but, Face. Like, but like, yeah, in Yellow Face. But like with Goldfinger, and he gets a henchman and everything. So I think if you're looking for a place to start, that would be it. Or Goldeneye. Goldeneye is also very good. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, getting back on topic. Dune 2021. Do we have anything else? I think this is just a a really, a a really solid as fuck movie. Like, it's, again, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, I'm not going to bother looking up the cinematographer's name, but it's the same person who's shooting The Batman next year. Uh, Real quick, Maher, have you watched the new The Batman trailer? It's the goofiest shit I've seen in my entire life. I'm sorry. But in, like, a good way? I I can't tell because it's trying oh, so hard. It's, it's Batman. What are you talking about? It's trying so hard to be serious, and I just can't take it seriously. And I oh, don't. I, know I think what it, it looks is. better than the Dark Knight Loki, but um, think, well, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So the guy that shot it is uh is Greg Frazier, and this dude's crazy, man. He uh, he shot. Zero Dark Thirty and Foxcatcher and Rogue One and Dune and then the Batman. That so makes sense. The dude, the dude can shoot a movie. Are and you, the Mandalorian. Mar, are you telling me you're not excited to see a superhero movie that actually looks like a fucking movie again? I'm trying to think of the last couple. Wait a second. You're just trying to set me up to fail because <laughs> Birds of Prey fucking slaps and you think what it's What the hell? Fine. Birds of Prey is, is Birds of Prey is a fat 6 out of 6 out of 10. No, out of Birds of Prey is a 10 out of 10 movie. That it is, is it, what the it's fuck? incredible. It's so But you're but good. you're saying the Batman looks silly? What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? Yeah, but the Batman isn't trying. Like Birds of Prey knows exactly what it is. The Batman, you know what it is? I I like I could be wrong. Maybe the Batman's gonna fucking rock my socks off. But it has a similar vibe to me as Titans on HBO, where he goes, "No, Batman. no, he's just trying no, 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 no. so hard." I don't. I dude, that's just Batman as a character is like a fucking edgy. <laughs> the the villain, the villain, the villain says, "Take it easy, sweetheart." It's, it's he's Colin like not Farrell taking and, it serious. It's Colin right? Farrell and Dick Tracy makeup. Yeah, I don't know. The, the biggest thing that this gives me vibes for is it really? I think it's going for like. A similar sort of like gothic pulpiness is like the Tim Burton ones, where like it's dark, but I don't necessarily necessarily know if I'd call it serious. It's like a, it's like a the Riddler is the fucking it, villain. Like, like maybe yeah. I just is it Riddler? I thought it was the Penguin. But it's well, both. no, no, no. Riddler is the one they catch at the diner in the beginning. Penguin. Paul Dano. I think Penguin's gonna be barely in it. Oh, I forgot Paul Dano's in it. I love Paul yeah. Dano, dude. Yeah, you can't tell me that's not perfect casting. Paul Dano no, is the Riddler. Pa- Paul Dano's perfect casting in anything. Like, I mean, I, yeah. Like, of, um, uh, 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 if I were to apply the, like, fucking, uh, uh, I can't, I think of her name, Scarlett Johansson, like, I should be able to play a tree if I want to. Oh, yeah, Paul yeah, Dano's yeah. that person for me. You could put Paul, Paul Dano, Dano in play any a tree. movie and I wouldn't be upset about it. They should have put Paul Dano in, uh, in Dune. Release the Paul Dano cut, Denis. 
honestly, Paul Dano's not a bad pick for Paul. Yeah, he's he a might be a little old. old now. Yeah, he'd be a good uh, Sting. Make him a, <laughs> make him a Harkonnen. Put him in the fucking uh. I who, I don't know. I don't remember who I said this, but I said that all the Harkonnens look like variants of Fester Adams. Yep. <laughs> they, all, they all look like You're Fester so Adams. They, uh, they look, all look like Fester Adams just... from different universes. Thank God that they just made them bald all the way, because what the fuck is the strip and the lynch cut? Yeah, it's weird. They all, they all got weird fucking haircuts in that movie. Um, but, but yeah, I guess that's Dune. I think I love this movie. It's, I, see it on the I, big screen if you can. I, oh, for I, sure. I, see it on the big screen I, it, if you can. It, it is a treat to see it in, in theaters. I it, think. The, the, like, the Dennis, sound fucking rocks your seat. Like, like, you. just I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to see it in time to do the podcast. And then this was like, well, it's on HBO Max. I'm not watching it on my fucking <laughs> just like Just like the filmmakers intended. But no, I it, saw it is... Uh, oh, sorry, the, what, what were we saying? You go. I was just, have you seen the tweet that's like watching Dune the way Villeneuve intended and it's like the cat, the projector hitting the cow in the field? <laughs> no. I haven't seen that. It's fucking great. Send, um, that, send that to me after, that, after recording if you have um, that still. Isn't it funny that uh, Dune costs less to make than, or yeah, less to make than Black Widow? That's insane to me. That's hilarious. Because Black Jesus Widow Christ. looks like Dookie. That's very funny. Marvel, why are you... Oh yeah, what is it you guys say like, Poopy doopoo caca or something. <laughs> it's dookie poopoo ass crack. It's fucking poopoo dookie. <laughs> Black, Black Widow wasn't poopy dookie, but it wasn't great. No, it's fine. It's, it it's okay. whatever. It's it's the worst Marvel I, movie of the two so far this year. I they're haven't both seen, around I haven't seen either thing. of them yet. They're fine. They're, they're like average. They're both three they're, out of five. Yeah, Marvel movies. Fucking, they're Marvel movies. I guess I'm a little more excited for Eternals and No Way Home because at least those look like like insane in a way yeah yeah i will i i'm sorry i need to put one more dune meme in here i saw of course i saw a photoshop where everybody is shrek what i saw i I know what i saw that title and the title says what are you doing in my swamp (laughs) my my favorite by far is it's that scene of uh leto looking back at paul and just him going i love dune dune your mom lol Um, have you seen the ones where, like, people are taking stills and they're trying to put, like, Marvel quips in and it was like, if Marvel Oh yeah, made I'm, it, I'm thinking the spice is gonna flow. And no, it was like them, like, staring at the worm after it pops out and it's, oh yeah, that, that just, just happened. happened. <laughs> they worm now, so they worm cool. now. Fucking Christ. Oh, great. That's uh, Josh Whedon's okay. game right there. This one that just says, uh, will I understand Dune if I haven't seen a shit ton of sand before? <laughs> no, you won't actually. So, so... D- Dune, and th- this goes back to the point talking about, like, you know, the Marvel-fication of blockbusters and whatever. The cinema Dune, is dying. Dune is... Watch Dune if you want a blockbuster that fucking feels like a blockbuster. Yeah, like, picture, back, like, it, like it feels like back, a fucking movie. Going back to the Nolan comparison, this is doing what Tenet wanted to do. I kind of agree. I kind I, of agree I with that, I think in yeah. terms of just, like, a really ambitious sci-fi story, like, Denise oh, is just... Even, I didn't even mean that. I just meant a movie that, like, comes in and gets everybody to go back to the theater. Oh, yeah, like, a- in terms of, like, saving cinema, it's it's the yeah. Chad Dune and the Virgin Tenet. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- honestly, you... if, if, there's, if there's a clear indicator of Denis kind of taking Christopher Nolan's place in the culture, I think that's it right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I love, though, the, um, 
there's this dude that does all these uh like memes in uh, Emperor Palpatine's voice and my favorite yeah, yeah, one yeah. I've seen my favorite one I've seen is just him like as you can see young Skywalker I have depicted you as the soy jack and myself <laughs> as the chad <laughs> soy jack isn't that what uh, what Paul Atreides is he's the soy jack he's the soy jack cataracts isn't that, isn't that, isn't that what it is? I, had, I don't know why, but I had no idea where that joke was going. And it, I it was like it was like the fucking the quiz ads hatterack. Isn't that what they call him? The soy jack hatterack. <laughs> so um, it's so funny in the. I'm so sorry, I keep cutting you off, Kyle. But in the, good. In the David Lynch one, they clearly have no idea how to say it. So they just kind of go quiz ads hatterack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. That's a perfect adaptation because that's how I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time like, I don't know like, how to say and, this in my brain, so I'll just skim and, it. And so Paul Atreides, known as the set forth. Exactly. Um, so we all like we all like Dune we were, to varying degrees, in, and we all think you should go see it in theaters. Definitely, I Absolutely. think it's a treat. Go, go out and see it. It's, it's and if you can't cinema. make it, it's on HBO Max. Sure. Give it, I think I think it's been the most successful launch on HBO Max, like of those like. Yeah, it beat out Godzilla oh, vs sure. Kong, which I think was the previous most successful. Here's That's an okay movie. Here's the comparison. It's a subs not dubs thing. Like I'm not gonna be mad at you if you watch the dub of an anime, but you should watch the dub, the sub. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad at you if you see Dune on HBO Max, but you should have seen like, it in IMAX. You're gonna you're gonna get a much richer experience if you go see. Now, years. now people who watch dubs of live action things are weird. Like, well, like yeah, fucking people. Some people, American. Some Americans have been watching the dub of Squid Game. Oh, I'm like what? Yeah, the fuck is wrong with you? I've seen so many memes about Squid Game. I haven't gotten to see it yet. I, it, I haven't either. I, I don't think I've ever watched a live action dub outside of a Godzilla movie, and so it didn't strike me that those exist. Like, for a second, I was like, what are you talking about, nice. Dubs? And I was like, oh, yeah. And, dude, I, I've seen memes of the Squid Game one. It's awful. Is it hilarious? I haven't seen oh, Squid Game I need to get around That's to watching it. Yeah, I gotta watch it. Um, I saw, there is a, um, one of the, it's the Twins, the episode of, um... Visions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars Visions that, like, it is the worst dub I've ever heard. It's, like the most anime anime dub you've ever heard Yikes. in your life do you think that's like intentional or i really can't tell because they're gonna be no... like i really hope not i no, i really don't know because all the episodes on disney play in english and usually when you go to the audio on disney plus it has like next to like if it was originally filmed in japanese it'll say japanese parentheses original audio but there is no original audio option for vision so i don't know which it is i i think i think well i think the voice acting was just like like there is no like there is no dub like that is the 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 acting like it's, there it's, is it's, a japanese there is a Japanese version of it on on Disney though. So wh wait, so which one can't you access? You can access both. Yeah, I can access both of them. I just don't know which is the one that like was made oh, originally. Like which one is the original one? That's a yeah, good question. Yeah, exactly. I think I think they were mode, probably made at the same time. Yeah, if I had to guess, just for two no different idea. markets. Anyway, Dune, pretty good movie. Dune, amazing movie. See it. We liked it. That's the podcast we went on for a long time today. Dune, <laughs> is this, is, poopy, is this doopy, doopy caca from. You, you thought Dune was doopy, poopy, caca? This might be our longest one. Uh, 84 one. 
The, he says the 84 one. Oh, the 84 one. The 84 one, yeah, is, is Dookie Poo Poo Kaka. Um, so, Maher, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. Thank can, you so uh, much for having me on. I wanted to uh, start yours. beef with all the other guests, but I didn't find a way to slip that in. You can do it now if you want. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, fuck you, Nick Mulholland. I actually watched both the movies they asked me to. Uh, Harsh, <laughs> your name is an adjective. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> sorry, some of us have a job and can't listen to every episode. Be, 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 be. Oh, damn. Are, those, are there any, any other guests? I think Jackson was on. Yeah, do you have anything to say to Jackson? Jackson, you still look like a thumb. <laughs> what about my uh, What about my roommate Gage? Um, I don't know you. You seem like a nice man. Okay, cool. I good to end on a positive um, note there. I feel. Do you have anything to uh, plug? Any social media? Tell the people where they can find really, you and stuff. I really don't at this point. Like, if you really want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Vagine Cuisine. Um, but so, okay, Maher, Maher has the most genius Twitter strategy I've ever seen. He only tweets like once every four months, but every time he does, it's the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. You really I, stew on these like genius bits for a while. I feel. I, I tweeted today. If you, my most recent tweet is um, at, at the time of recording is uh, you can uh, I guess you can call it a breeding kink if you want, but you, me, and your therapist all know that it's Catholic trauma. <laughs> uh, well, oh, that's good. Well, if you guys enjoy the podcast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 and on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. Kyle, you want to tell the people what we're talking about next week? Next oh, week. Oh, hold up, because I just I just realized I can plug my Letterboxd. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Kyle. At Jacobacher3. Okay, Kyle, you can say whatever dumb shit you have to say about Yeah, 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 keep going. Whatever the fuck you have to say. Next week, we will be talking about my most anticipated film of the year, which is the new Edgar Wright film, <laughs> Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I'm baby! I'm so excited for it. And as well, we are going to be talking about the new Scott Cooper horror film, Antlers. But mostly that Last Night in Soho. But mostly Last Night in Soho. Anyway, it's a horror. Uh, that's our Halloween it's our special. Big, it's our big Halloween big Halloween our special. spectacular. It's going to be a good time. It's uh, going to be. Before we sign off, Jacob, thank you again for joining us, man. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I was excited. Right. Absolutely. We'll have you on anytime, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, my my fiance just uh, texted me Dune Poopy Doopy Kaka question mark really question mark. <laughs> she knew. She could sense it. A disturbance in the force. And on that note, oh, I'm 